Fresh off the we are live. This is Fresh Off the Grill Podcast, your main number one podcast for all the MMA news. We're going to hit it right off the top. going to get into some NFL. We've got seven undefeated teams left in the NFL. Those are the Patriots, Chiefs, Rams, Cowboys, Buffalo Bills, Green Bay Packers, and the Lions, who are 2-0-1 with a draw. Out of all those teams, Chiefs and Patriots look the best to me. Again, the same problem with the Chiefs I see every week. They start off strong or have one period of the game where they play great, and then the rest is just mediocre. They have yet to play a full 60 minutes where they look great the whole game. The Patriots this week looking good besides mistakes made by us. The only reason that the Jets scored... Yeah, they they didn't score on the defense. Special teams... Muffed a punt, and the Jets recovered it in the end zone, leading to a touchdown. And then Jared Stidham came in to relieve Brady because the game was in hand, and he threw a pick six. So again, the defense didn't let up any points. So the score of 30-14 to 14 doesn't look as good as it actually is, but the defense hasn't let up any touchdowns since the Kansas City game last year in the playoffs. Yeah, so mainly the big one was that, that pick six. In his first series. Third throw, yeah. So. He got pulled and Brady went back out. Talk about demoralizing. A little bit, yeah. I mean, he's got to learn. L- literally, you're just sent in there to clean it up. Like, wrap up the trash. And then gets fucked up. Taken back out. It's a little demoralizing, but hey. You also got to be strong mentally to come back from things like that. So maybe he learns from it. Practices better in practice this week. And maybe he gets more mop-up time in another game. Who knows? That's that's pretty low. I mean, how many games are they really going to put him in besides Jets against the third-string quarterback and maybe in the next Dolphins game? Redskins. Redskins look horrible. I don't even know who the, who the Redskins have this year. So Exactly. They're horrible. They're terrible. No, the thing about the Patriots, the defense, the secondary is the best in the league. We have three cornerbacks rated in the top 10 of their position. You have... Jonathan Jones, rated as the number one overall cornerback so far, grade-wise, like how he's performed. They have him rated number one. He has the least amount of receptions based on targets against him. You've got Jason McCourty, ranked fifth, and who I think is our best corner, Gilmore, Gilmore. rated eighth. For sure. So we've got three cornerbacks in the top ten right now. Gilmore's a guy, too, that he'll play the whole game just like Bill wants. I love it. Because he was crushing dudes when the game was still in hand, just eating them up. He's showing improvement in the run game, too, which I like. He's starting to stick his nose in there and make some good tackles. Give a shout-out to Slater as well. Just He had a really good... Um, Punk coverage? Exactly, right on the goal line. I mean, he's pretty much the best in the game for as far as uh, special teams. As far as special teamers go, he's been the best in the league for about 10 years now, something like that, going yeah. on it. That, that was a really impressive swat he did right in the goal line. Outside of Gordon's catch, that was probably the most athletic play of the game, I would say. Good game from Josh Gordon, too, with Edelman going down with an injury. James Devlin going on IR, something with his neck. Who do you think is going to be cut? Because we only can have, what, two players on IR? Oh, they can stay on IR, but you can only bring two, two players back. back. Yeah. My guess is, depending on the severity of his neck injury, he's going to come back. And Isaiah Wynn. I think Nikhail Harry's going to be on IR the whole year. Uh, I don't even remember what happened to him. 
Neither do I. Did it happen during uh, preseason? preseason? Yeah. Lingering injuries, and they some speculation that the injury that he has isn't as bad as believed, and most of it is he's just not caught up with the playbook and up to speed with knowing routes, ter- like terminology and things like that. So he's a big stupid dummy. Stupid is, stupid does, sir. Yeah. Possibly. Yeah. That's kind of how I see it. But, I mean, one good thing of note, the A-B experiment in New England is over. The curse of the number 17 receiver continues. Easy come, easy go. Here for about 11 days? Yeah. Oh, boy. I knew we should never have brought him. I was excited when we got him just because of how talented he is. And he had a decent first game. Yeah. <laughs> he had a decent only game. He just can't keep his mouth shut. This is the worst case of self-sabotage I've ever seen. He was with three teams in nine months. All he had to do was keep quiet. And he would have been put on the commissioner's exempt list until this was all over. And a decision was made, but he had to keep on tweeting. Tweeting and Instagram. And texting some girl. Just, he's an idiot. Obviously a sign of the times, but when you have all these different social media outlets... Especially when you're that kind of a crazy person. It's just uh, a bad mixture. Yeah. Just so stupid. How can you be so dumb? His career is done. I doubt he's going to play in the NFL again. He's not worth the effort. No, he's way too much of a headache. The talent doesn't make up for it. And he's a once-in-a-lifetime talent, but the headache is just too much, I think. Looking forward to next week, though. It's the Battle of the Unbeatens. We've got the Bills taking on the Patriots. That sounds a lot better than than like it actually is going to be. You're making it sound great. Hey, unbeaten is unbeaten. We haven't exactly played the best competition yet. That's true, but... We've also only let up three points on defense, which looks better. It's hard for me to respect the Bills. Hey, they made the playoffs last year for the first time since Jim Kelly. I'll believe their greatness when I see it. Yeah, only time will tell. You want to get into the discussions of UFC Fight Night 159? Yep, live in Mexico City. That happened this previous weekend. I thought it was actually a pretty good card. started out good. Bravo pieced up Peterson in the first round. Peterson out of nowhere, spinning back fist, knockout in the second. It was pretty impressive. My favorite part of that knockout is that they both threw spinning back fists. At that same time? Yeah. Martin Bravo threw a spinning back fist in a split second later. Peterson threw one. Oh, I thought you were saying like double KO scenarios. No, like, I don't no, remember no, no. throwing him at the same no, they time. No, bo- they like milliseconds apart, and Peterson's was just timed better and just knocked him out cold, knocked him stiff. I've never seen that good of a knockout off a spinning back fist, and that was a that was a crisp one because it was like it wasn't it wasn't that's what dazed him and then led to more strikes. It was just straight clean knockout. I've seen a couple, but when you do it, it's more of a spinning back forearm. He was done. His yeah. head hit the mat. He probably got concussed again. Herb Dean had to hop all over him and throw Peterson off. Yeah, yeah, he, he was done. There was no extra punches needed. Second fight, you've got Irene Aldana taking on Vanessa Mello, and Irene won that one by decision. Did, did this win fight of the night? If it didn't, it should have. I'm pretty sure it did. Irene looked really good. Her boxing was extremely polished. She took a page out of Bisbing's book. Yeah, jab, jab, run away. She was really staying on her bike. Her boxing looked good. 
mature fighter you can really tell she didn't take any unnecessary chances and she fought her fight yeah she kept her at the end of her job the whole night and then towards the end it looked like she was gonna finish her for a little bit she was pouring it on with the one twos yeah towards the end she, she was really piecing her up yeah i thought that was a pretty good fight next fight you've got the returning brandon moreno actually having split draw against askar askarov which i've actually never seen any fight i've watched I think I've only seen it one or two other times. It's very rare. I thought Moreno actually won this fight. I did too. I really didn't see where the judges were with this one. It's funny because when you go to someone's home country, usually you expect that fighter to be favored. Whereas in this case, it almost seemed like the judges try to make sure that they weren't favoring the Mexican fighters and they gave bad decisions against them. Yeah, they were, they were like bizarro Britain. Yeah, because, I mean, it, it was the same way in the co-main event, too. You've got Carla Esparza defeating Alexa Grasso by split decision. I thought Grasso won that one. Yeah, both of these. So in the Moreno and Askarov fight, Moreno had control of about, like, seven minutes of the 15-minute fight, and that's just from the numbers. Askarov was really just grapple-fucking him. Moreno had some good reversals and transitions. Moreno, he was doing good. He even wrestled him in the last round. Yeah. I would say he held grappled them, and Askarov's known for his wrestling and ground game. I thought that he everything that Askarov did, he did better, and he even did some wrestling, too. Even though, okay, Askarov's obviously, he's kind of like a low-budget Khabib. Yeah. So, obviously, his wrestling, wrestling is good, but we saw some of that out of Moreno, too. He was definitely skilled in everything. And he was able to push the pace much faster and keep up that speed the whole fight, too, which I liked. I was impressed by because Mexico is very high elevation. It's tough to do that down there. Obviously, living in Mexico helps, but... They, what they were saying is from where Askarov's from, I think Dagestan, it's also very high elevation, so he yeah. didn't really have any problem conditioning-wise. But Moreno was definitely the one that had his foot on the gas pedal in this one. I don't know why that happened, but... Then we came to Grasso... Calm and composed, good boxing, even looking good striking off her back. I thought she was doing damage off her back. She did. Yeah. She almost had that tight arm bar where Carla had to like spin around and look like... That was in the third? Yeah. Es- Esperanza, she-, she was charging arms down. She looked stupid. I think it was because she was so exhausted. I don't think she was ready for the elevation of Mexico, and it's probably still really hot there too. Even if you want to make an argument that, oh, well, a submission that you do and you don't make doesn't count for much. Well, she also got rocked really bad in the third. Yeah. That's why I'm saying I don't see how the judges scored this in her favor. I thought she clearly lost the fight. I mean, what are you going to do? Just give it to her because of takedowns? Everything else was, it's much like the fight we just talked about. Everything else was controlling in the Mexican fighter's favor. Yeah, I, I think that they went opposite Homer on this one just to prove that they weren't being favorites to the Mexican Because the way I scored it, Grasso had the first and the third. Yeah, that's how I scored it. I thought she clearly won this fight, but hey. I, I, I think this one was kind of not highway robbery, but it was pretty fucking bad. It was one of the worst split decisions I've seen in a little bit. The only other one I could think was worse was probably Paul Felder and um, Edson Barboza. But this one was pretty bad, too. Now, we're going to talk about this fight longer than it actually happened. And it's done. No contest. 15 seconds. Crowd pissed, throwing trash in the octagon. Fuck, I wanted to throw trash at my TV. I was so excited for this fight because Yair is... He's a very unorthodox striker. 
He comes at you from different angles. We've seen him knock out the Korean zombie with that upwards, backwards elbow type shit at the last moment possible in the fight. And Jeremy Stevens has that rare KO power to where he can knock out anybody with any strike in that division and a division up. Nothing happened. No. I'm not sure if a strike was landed. It didn't really go long enough to even even tell anything. Yeah, I mean, Yair, he literally swiped at him with an open hand, which is illegal. I'm not saying he should be disqualified, because you should be warned before something like that, but why even throw that strike in the first place? It was clearly a pawing jab. He was trying to check the distance, but sometimes when this kind of stuff happens, I wonder if it would be better off if they had something closer to boxing gloves. I mean, Bellator has, they're almost kind of like the old pride gloves where it kind of naturally curves the fingers and they have far less eye pokes from the events that I see. Maybe something that maybe curves the fingers a little bit more or start taking points quicker with the open jabs. Like even if they paw at them, that's illegal. So give them a warning and then take points right away. This is the second no contest within a week. Yeah. This one was worse though because this was the main event and it happened so quickly. You got to see nothing. Very disappointed by this outcome. Hopefully we see Stevens come back. Yeah, right now he's on a 180-day medical suspension, which can be lessened if he goes to see a specialist. I'm hoping he comes back and we see a rematch slash redo because it didn't really even happen. Maybe something in California so some of those Mexican fans could come see him. We'll see. Yeah, hopefully before the end of the year, depending on when he gets cleared again to start training and fighting. With all that being said, we're going to get on to talking about UFC Fight Night 160. Hermanson versus Cannonier. You know, not a bad looking card. First fight of the night, you've got Nicholas Darby versus Alex Cowboy Oliveira. I'm going with Cowboy. I'm going with Oliveira. The Brazilian as well. Cowboy. Second fight of the night, we've got Mikhail Olekshazik. Sure. Versus Ovin St. Preux. I'm going with Michael. I'm I'm going with Macal or Michelle or whatever you're going to say. I'm not attempting to say his last name. I like Ovin St. Preux, but he's been looking kind of rough the last couple. Not just that, but this guy has 10 knockouts on his record. Anytime you see St. Preux lose, it's usually because he's been rocked, whether it leads to a submission or him being knocked out directly. He tends to get hit a lot. This That's might, why I'm going with Michael. This might also be his last fight in the UFC because this would be magic number three. It's possible, but I mean, they usually give entertaining fighters four fights. Who knows? Next fight of the night, we've got Young Kutalabra versus Khalil Roundtree. I think I'm going to go with Khalil on this one. He showed much improved Muay Thai in his last fight, and his striking is much improved overall. I'm going Roundtree as well. Also, Young Kutalabra, he, again, he's one of those guys who gets hit a lot. He likes to take three hits to give out one. But with Khalil, that's a problem. He hits extremely hard. Next fight of the night, we've got Gunnar Nelson versus Gilbert Burns. I'm going to go with Gunnar Nelson, and that's Rob's lock of the week. I'm going Nelson, too. God damn it. (laughs) It's going to happen again. It happens sometimes. Those cards are just one-sided. In the co-main event of the night, we've got Mark Madsen versus Danilo Bellardo. I'm going with Mark Madsen. Undefeated wrestler, hometown man. I'm going Bellardo, so we don't have exactly the same picks. And also, he had a picture, and I don't go for guys without pictures sometimes. 
Mark Madsen has an Olympic medal. So does Kurt Angle. Yeah, with a broken frickin' neck. You suck. You suck. You suck. Okay, I'll insert it. Yeah. <laughs> In the main event of the night, we've got Jack the Joker Hermanson versus Jared the Killer Gorilla Cannoneer. How can I not go with the Killer Gorilla? He's got a cool nickname. He brings that heavyweight power down to middleweight. Last fight, we saw him take out Anderson Silva with a late kick. I'm going Hermanson. We saw him take out Jack Array, so. That's true. I don't know. He looked, I thought he looked good in the last fight. No, he did, but I'm going with the American because I love America and I love freedom. I hate all those things. <laughs> and on that bombshell, no. <laughs> Bob, why don't you hit us with today's misconnection? I never asked for this feeling. I never This one is in Little Rock, Arkansas. I decided to check the butthole of America. This one is called, Come Be My Panty Sissy Boy. I need a sissy type guy that wears panties to play with. I'm a dominant male you must be able to host. Be drug and disease free and send a pick. No black guys. You must also live in Watson Chapel area or close by. When I picked this one, I didn't even see the no black guys part, but that makes it even funnier. <laughs> You've got a racist homosexual. The thing that always I always wonder about is the whole drug and disease free thing. Like you could just come in there and be like, yeah, I'm all set. Good to go. Like, don't, do you need a doctor's note? Don't need to provide proof. No recent testing. Because there's got to be scumbags out there with AIDS that are just like, oh, yeah, yeah. good to go. And I know there's something in the gay community called bug chasers. Yeah. Dudes who want to get AIDS. Which is so weird. It's a sexual turn on, Rob. Sure. Why not? I, I mean, mean, I wouldn't know anything about that. I'm not a homeowner. I mean, you can only do that until you get it. So. Yeah. I, I rent. Huh? <laughs> is that a bisexual? I don't know. Nice. We got to get a fart mic. We do because I don't want to get pink eye. That'll about wrap us up for today. You can catch us on Instagram at Fresh Off The Grill Pod. Facebook at Fresh Off The Grill. Give us a like. Rate, review, subscribe on iTunes or wherever else podcasts are sold and or listened to. Download the Anchor FM app and leave us a viewer voicemail. You can also email us at freshoffthegrillpod at gmail.com. Leave us any topics of discussion or comments. No concerns because we don't play that shit, homie. You can catch my movie review podcast, Cinemapocalypse Now, also hosted off of Anchor. That's on iTunes, Spotify, all that jazz. Also, Gabe stole a Moscow mule cup from the restaurant we went to last week. I'm glad you didn't say what restaurant. <laughs> anyway, adios. Peace. Wasting all my time. When you're standing oh so near I kind of lose my mind It's not the perfume that you wear It's not the ribbons in your hair I don't mind you coming here And we
they call that? No, I think that's the Argentinian word. Was it? I don't know. I'm just gonna call him cowboy. I fucking used to know it. Never mind. Cutting it out. In the comey of the.